Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Woman Podcast. My name is Christina Singh, and I'm your host, and I am so, so thrilled to have you here with us again this week. For those of you listening, I just want to thank you so much for being here. The Growing Women Podcast is all about sharing women's stories and the small ways that we've been successful in our lives and that we've grown so other women know that it's okay to do the same and it's okay to take those small steps. So I'm really thrilled to be sitting with another beautiful woman and sharing her story today. Um, And for those of us, for those of you following us on SoundCloud or YouTube or on Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate all your listens, all your support, your comments, your likes, everything. It really just means so much to me. So thank you so much for being here. Today, I am so thrilled to be sitting down with Nandar Matari, um, who is a meditation trainer. And Nandar was born and raised in Myanmar and Burma. And since 1993, she's been learning and practicing the precious ancient methods of mindfulness and meditations for many Buddhist monks and masters. She worked in many different careers as an English teacher in Myanmar, a financial consultant, and later a sales manager and recruiting specialist in Germany. In spite of her great professional success, she did not feel fulfilled, and she decided to follow her passion of teaching meditations since 2014. Through her daily convention of meditations and diverse experiences in the past 26 years, she has created different forms of guided meditation to transform people's lives with meditation for better better health and personal transformation. Welcome, Nandar. I am so thrilled to have you here, and I'm so excited to talk to you about your journey into this world of meditation. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Christina, for having me today. I'm excited to share my experiences. Yes. So you are a meditation teacher, and um, we actually spoke last week, and you ran me through a meditation. So um, I can really attribute to Nandar's powerful skills as a meditation teacher and as a a coach. And um, for those of you listening, we're going to end the show with a five-minute meditation from Nandar. So keep listening, and I'm really excited for you to hear her in action. But before we do that, I want to learn more about you. Um, I know that your bio says that you're from Myanmar and Burma. Um, So what brought you to – I know you're in Switzerland right now because of the (laughs) pandemic, and you got a little bit displaced, and so you were working in Germany, and you're in New York, so you definitely have a journey. But I would love to hear from you, um, you know, what growing up in Burma was like and what your experiences were like that led you to where you are today. Um, so where are you from and, and how did you start teaching meditation? Sure. So I wanted to keep uh, my story uh, a, a little bit shorter in that I mean, in the beginning. So I was sure. born and raised in Myanmar, that is a Buddhist country. So my Parents are just normal, you know, mid, um, how do you call it, um, uh, normal employees. So they are government uh, employees. My mother was a nurse and my father was a captain. Mm-hmm. So we also have to move from one place to another. And, uh, but um, when I was young, I, have to, I lived with uh, my parents, my, my mother's side. I mean, uh, this my mother's parents. So my, it's a three generation house and we live with uh, a lot of generosity and it's me, it is in our culture, we uh, helped and donate uh, things to each other, but we do not have this habit of meditation back then. So because it was not popular and we just pray or telling the beats, we say one mantra and, you know, counting the beats that is that was very popular but when I have a chance to come in contact with um, my grandmother from my father's side he she is more religious and she also brought us to the monastery when I was like teens 12 or 13 years old she always brought me to that you know um, monastery and I started seeing them said so she's meditating we just have to sit down and I was you know nodding and sleeping most of the time <laughs> so and I also learned how to uh, read the salmon of um, they, they, they are in Pali language. Mm-hmm. So I learned that from that, um, my father's side, my grandmother from my father's side. And at one point it was, um, I heard about meditation from the physics teacher when I was in ninth grade. We have only 10th grade. So after 10th grade, our high school is finished and we, are, we have to wait for um, our university. 
At that time, the ninth grade, my physics teacher told me that she was at a seven-day retreat, and you know, and she learns meditation. And so this meditation really make her calm down, and it's also her face become very wow. beautiful afterwards. And so I was like, you know, very excited. And she also said that it was very painful, and she was also suffering at one point. And from that teen, so nobody really interested to go and meditate. But I was like, you know, <laughs> kind of like explosion and calling for me. And I told my mom I wanted to learn to meditate. And she told me that you are not yet finished with your high school. But after finishing your high school, you can do whatever you like. You know, you can also go and meditate how long you like, you know. Then I, I turned um, 16 after my high school exam. Then I went to that my mother, grandmother from my father's side and I told her that I would like to really meditate you know because she always bring me to that monastery to meditate yeah. and I also want to become a nun then I was 16 years old and I shaved my hair and I stayed in the monastery for 27 days wow yeah it was like at 16 at 16 and my mother cried at that time I have like bob hair and said very thick hair <laughs> And my mother told me, my God, you, you, you will get bald and you have no hair and everybody will tease you, whatever. But I would like to try, you know. Then it was a very uh, profound experience for me because we have to wake up like four o'clock in the morning and it was a long day. You have to meditate 24-7. You have to stay alone by yourself, right? You don't have, I mean, I don't have any um, a meal after 12 o'clock. So I have only breakfast and lunch. So in the evening, I can only drink water and just meditate so cannot talk with anyone nobody can come in i mean my mother come and visit me like after uh 12 days or something and she told me that I'm, i was very thin and she cried is that oh my wow. god my poor daughter and what's it no you don't crying I, i'm doing my stuff and you can come back anyone anytime so i do not want to you know lose my promise i kept my promise till 27 day it was so hard for me but it was very good basic for me too so during that 20 past 27 years, I always repeated this uh, retreat, meditation retreat, sometimes seven days, sometimes 12 days, but I didn't repeat 27 days again because it was so, so you hard. go back to that monastery. Back. Wow. Uh, that monastery, or there are also many other different yeah. monasteries and where we can, um, you know, meditate for free. Actually, when we meditate, we, we are like yogi. Yogi are the, someone who are practicing for our enlightenment. So a lot of people do not want to do it. It is also very difficult because the rules are very strict. You have to wake up four o'clock in the morning and you have only few <laughs> foods, you know. Nobody will like it. You cannot listen to the music. You cannot read. You cannot write. And so it is like a prison too. Yeah. So a lot of people do not want to do so. The people who want to go there, they donate a lot of money and support them with food and uh, all this stuff. So there are many, uh, you know, free of charge meditation centers all over Myanmar till now, you know. So, so when I've you were, mystery. yeah, so when you were 16 and you started to do this, were you afraid to go or were you like ready and willing and able? I was motivated and, and, you know, I would like to know that how that is like, you know, it was my calling. It like calling for me. I wanted to do it. And after I did this meditation, I have this feeling I'm, I will be teaching people to meditate, you know, mm -hmm. when I get older and after I get retired, I have this very deepest desire to, I also have this feeling I have found and this, uh, you know, techniques, how to control my emotions and my thoughts. And I also gain a lot of confidence out of it. I come yeah. to understand who I am. I'm more than my body. I'm more than my feelings and emotion. I'm, I, mean, I understand or, you know, keep in, uh, come in contact with my soul. It's bigger than myself. You know, that other people say universe or God or whatever you name it. And so, so I knew it from the very beginning and that I will be teaching the people to meditate, but I didn't expect that I will be started with 37. <laughs> but but it, yeah. it is a good beginning, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I love that you had this breakthrough moment when you're in ninth grade and that you, ha you had somebody offer you this gift of showing you, oh my gosh, I did this. Because in the United States, I think it might be a little strange for a teacher to come in and say, I went to a meditation retreat. Like, I don't know if it was strange for your class to hear that, but I think in 
from my perspective, I was so disassociated with my teachers' personal lives, but what a cool thing to learn. And I'm curious, you said you kept coming back to it and I know you had another, you know, series of careers that happened. So when you were going through your journey, what led you to start your own meditation practice after, you know, while you were going through all of these different jobs and moving around and things like that? Sure. Um, from the very beginning, that meditation was very difficult for me, though I know that it is a right practice. So it helped take me even till like nine years to really understand and uh, get into the deeper relaxation state of brainwave. So, and so I, at that time, because I also do not, you know, after like seven days of retreat, so I came back and I do not meditate anymore at home and I just uh, stay the same and maybe like six months later okay I need to meditate right now I'm stressing out again but every time I'm in meditation center my uh, naps are coming down and I feel really good then after that like nine years later I come to understand that I have to incorporate this daily meditation into my life though the you know they've been taught telling that for a long time so I started meditating when I was 16 and then I, you know, I like after nine years later, like 25, I started, you know, um, at 27, I started meditating daily. I see. So, so you were going to these retreats before then, but yeah. then you incorporated a daily practice into your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I always immediately go to the, you know, retreat center once time, one time in a year. So it's seven days or 10 days. Yeah. And sometimes two times, but if, if I have like, you know, holidays. So I really take that times for that because it was very important for me. And um, then after that, you know, I came, went to Germany. So I was an English teacher back in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. So it was also a very stressful job. So I have to wake up like four o'clock in the morning. I, I meditate. Then afterwards I go for jogging. Right. And um, then I went, uh, I came out of the, my country when I was 27. And uh, 27, and at that time, I also keep, um, this is my daily routine. I always meditate like 10 to 15 minutes or sometimes half an hour. You know, mm-hmm. I always take that time for me. And when I come to Germany in 2005, and I started also working as a financial consultant, so my always daily routine always started with meditation. Yeah. So it is part of my routines, and, and it also become my second nature, so to speak. Um, yeah. So when what happened what started changing in your life when you started doing meditation every day versus going to a retreat um maybe once or twice a year what started to change for you yeah um that is a very good question because um we learn the techniques in the the retreat center right and know how to draw you know practice and train our minds or control our brain um or our thoughts but i mean if i when I was not meditating, like even five to 10 minutes, I cannot really control my emotions. I fall into the, you know, sometimes aggressions or sometimes it's very deep depression and so on. But when I was, you know, meditating that every day, even five minutes, so I comes into contact with my resentment or feeling sadness and so on. It goes away very quickly. So with that, I, I'm, um, I, I'm much more emotional intelligence. Yeah. You know? I'm, and also it's meditation is like clearing out our mind and, and, and also emotions regularly. It is like taking shower, right? We take shower for our body every day, but we do not know how to take shower for our mind. Meditation is like showering for our mind. And I emotions. love that. Right. And so with that, I also, you know, I'm keep in touch for, with my intuition too. Sometimes when I, um, you know, meditate and so um, with this meditation moment or it's 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. So then I take this moment with me the whole, throughout the day. You know, I'm the morning person. That's why I always started meditating all in the morning. So throughout the day and I just pick up. And so sometimes this emotion or intuition, what I should do or what I should not do. So I also make better decision out of it. Mm. So the first thing is taking shower. And the second thing is take as having more control of my emotions. Right. And also, you know, uh, listening to my uh, intuition. The third, what I would like to say is that I also learn things very quickly. 
mm. you know, because my concentration is very good. It is also the concentration exercise. I have to concentrate on my breath or body or sensation. So with that, my um, emotions or concentration power become heightened. Yeah. And so that I learn the new languages quickly and also the new culture quicker. And I know how to adapt with things, you know, easier for me. Yeah. When did you, thank you for sharing all that and really helpful information for our listeners. When did you decide to start teaching? When, how did that happen? Sure. Um, it is a very good question too. So I started, so this incorporating for some time. And when I become this financial consultant in the, um, in Germany, so I was also meditating and to reduce my stress and do my all goal setting every day. So when I become a team leader in 2009, then I also have become, have a team, you know, who appointed to me, who I have to coach them or, you know, help them to make their own sales. And that the people comes to me and they say, that, oh, I need to make sales and I don't know what I want to learn from you and how you learn things and so on. Then I saw that they cannot sleep at night. So they have this, uh, the, uh, that, uh, that uh, so how do you call it? The, like bags uh, under your eyes? Uh, yeah, big eyes. No, I'm, because I'm coming up with the German word, Augen, and I do not <laughs> want to speak the word For our German listeners. <laughs> German listeners. And then... And then I told them, no, and you have to take care of yourself first, right? And, yeah. and then I teach them to start to meditate because when you meditate, the people are also more in touch with their emotions and they know what is good for them. And then they also started doing those things. Mm. Then with that, and then they become calmer and more confident to themselves. And this confidence can also exude to their customers, exude to their teams and the people around them. So that's why if you would like to make success, so you have to, the success come from within, must come from within. So I teach them one-to-one, you know, when I make them coaching or when I have the team meeting, I always started with meditation. So this is my first experience of teaching meditation in 2009 in my team. Later on, of course, I, I comes to understand that that is what I supposed to do. No, and in a uh, bigger ram, and I do that of, uh, officially in 2014. How did that feel to start teaching on your own? What, what did that look like? What were some of the first steps that you made? Sure, um, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, after though I was teaching meditation to, uh, since 2009, so it was like. I didn't even think about it becoming a meditation teacher because I was thinking about that when I was 16, but afterwards I was caught up with earning money, right? I mean, to make position, to also make holidays, you know, all this stuff. And I also achieved a lot of goals one after another. That interesting is the shifts happen to me whenever I make a new sales and the higher jump of success. And, and I have to, in the, you know, sales company, you have to be in front of people, you have to preach, right. how you achieve that. And, but I feel awkward and I feel like also something is missing in my heart. And I also feel, know that from the very beginning, it is not the company that I will be working for the rest of my life, but I do not know that, but that is, that was my next step. Right. And, and with that, I uh, make the long story short is that I feel always misplaced though I was become more and more successful and making more sales at one point I comes to understand that I don't have to do that anymore mm-hmm. though I do not I was so financially successful or I do not have the million dollar in the bank account I cannot do that anymore longer so it was also a shift happened you know through different meditations uh, you know seminars and also energy work that I did and with that this energy huge shift make me see that I was living in that illusionary world. They are giving us incentive, right? To run, you know, I mean, quicker than other people to make more sales. And I was just exhausted and I was not really taking care of myself. And also I do not believe in that, you know, uh, projects anymore also, because of course the company also say this is the best, you know, it is the best for them, not for the employees, yeah. <laughs> for the customers. And then, so make a long story short, I left the company and I, I was, you know, 
lost. I do not know what I have to do. And I also work in sales because I like, you know, sales environment. I like talking with people, you know, <laughs> then I, I went to the recruiting company and I also made sales and I also play like misplaced also. Um, then at one point, I mean, I mean, I was ready, you know, I say, dear God, tell me what I have to do. You know, mm. I don't, I mean, I, I'm very stubborn too, though I believe in God. I do not um, ask for the guidance, not yeah. always. And then, then I say, that was very clear to me after um, this recruiting company was also finished. Tell me what I have to do. And then he just very clear answer is teach people to meditate. Right. I mean, you had the answer when you were 16 and, and yeah, it, like you said, you had all of these steps along the way. And so what yeah. happened when you got that message? I got the message. It was very clear to me. Okay, I'll do that. It was on Tuesday and I booked a room that I already know where I can do this meditation. And I booked that room on uh, Sunday. Then I asked to all the people, you know, I will take only 10 euro and then you can, um, everybody can come and I have a lot of contacts on Facebook and then all five people say they will come and from there, three people are exactly there and from the three people after this one and a half hour meditation, then two people say that I would like to have this coaching section from you, individuals, because I have the themes that I want to work with and they feel the difference after that wow. one and a half hours meditation. Then, yeah, this so, is the beginning of that. So... You, that's amazing. You booked, you had this clear message on a Tuesday. You yeah. booked a room to coach people on a Sunday and you posted it on your LinkedIn. You had five people say they would come, three people showed up and two, you got two clients after that is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So from there, where did your business grow and, and how did you start to see your work transforming people's lives? Yeah, so it is a very good question. It was in um, uh, Frankfurt back in Germany. So I live uh, in Frankfurt since 2005. And then in 2014, March, I started teaching this group meditations. And I, of course, I do that group meditations every week, every Sunday. So with a 10 euro and that the, the uh, you know, the group meditations are always getting grown, you know, and not only that place, I also go to the other uh, places too and so on. It was like ten dollar uh, or ten euro, and then sometimes I it's on the uh, how do you call it donation basic, and I was giving a lot of group meditations out of it. I also have one to one coachings, and I was very tired. You know, <laughs> after one time yeah, it, it sounds I, tired. I, I was like earning very little money, but I and then I come to understand that I have to do a little bit less in the group meditations and do more of the group meditation as a one to one. Then um, in 2014, so at the end of it, I, I started focusing on giving more one-to-one -one meditation. Then later on in 2015, I came to Switzerland too, and I coached just one person. And then later on, I also have more clients in Switzerland. So I was always working in Switzerland and Germany, so back and forwards, and I'm concentrating more on the individual clients. Yeah. So... Later on, then in, in, at the end of 2015, I come and come to visit in your city. Um, maybe because I, I it was also my childhood dream. I wanted to visit and stay in your city. I get it. Yeah. And then I was there and I saw that you know I asked people, is there any meditation classes in the company? And they say no, and they would be open for it. I think so because they are also doing yoga classes there. And so, okay, this is Bing, and I, I will come to New York City and do give this group meditations in the New York City. That was my, you know, um, you know, I saw the vision. And then also and from the very beginning of 2014 that I started meditating to, I was always seeing New York, New York, New York. I was I'm thinking, why New York, right? I mean, I'm okay right here. But right. after I came the first time to New York City, it was very clear. I have to, I wanted to go there. And I and came back in 2016 and I was like eight weeks there. And then I met my lawyer, I met my sponsor and also, you know, um, I published my first book. I also wrote my first book. The book is called Following the Spark. And I wrote about how living authentically leads to finding destiny. So I wrote about my childhood, you know, dreams and all these stuff and how I've gone through. It was a kind of like digesting for me and it is also good for my visa i know that yeah. <laughs> i wrote that yeah. 
and, uh, double duty. Book, double <laughs> duty, yeah. Then um, I published that in, I mean, on, online in 2016 too. Then I had my visa um, in 2017, and I came back and at the end and of November 2017, I I come back to I mean, New York City. Wow. Yeah. What a journey going back and forth to New York. But I, as a person who's always been very called to New York City, I completely understand. And it's something that when you want to move here, you'll do what you need to do to get here. And you are determined, especially if you have that calling. And I think that's with everything in life. Like when you have that calling, like you're saying, you booked that room and you just posted on LinkedIn and three people showed up and it it went from there. can you walk us through, now that we know the foundations of your business and how you got to where you are, can you walk us through what meditation looks like with you and, and, and what, what comes out of that? I know we've talked about what comes out of it for, for some people, but um, what does a session usually look like with you? Yeah. So I'm um, meditation. There are also many different types of meditation. So yeah. I do not want to get a lot into it, but I wanted to um, say that how medita- my sessions look like is I teach them the guided meditation. So it's a combination. Of, there are four types of meditation. It's one type is the body meditation, yoga, qigong, tai chi. These are all yoga. Uh, so body meditation because they concentrate on body. So body scanning is also body meditation. So the second type is the mind meditation. They give you one mantra or the counting of breath. This is about concentration on the mind or visualization is also mind meditation. So this is the second type. The third is the emotional meditation. A lot of people do not even teach that because we are running away from our emotion rather than, you know, how to deal with that. Nobody learned that. But most of this meditation that I learned from the Buddhist monk are this emotional meditation, actually. Mm. And the fourth type is a wisdom meditation. How to understand the wisdom of the universe, the wisdom of the God in ourselves. So that the, the, a lot of people do not even know that, you know. And so a lot of people don't do the yoga. And, and also, you know, uh, transcendental meditation is also about, you know, reciting one mantra all the time. It's only two are very present in most of the modern world. So what I teach is all about this combination of four. I help them feel their feelings and emotion and their body too. So I combine actually, I combine all these techniques and so that they have the maximum effect of um, wisdom. They can build up their wisdom. They can release the emotion out of the system and they can understand themselves and the world around them through that meditation. That is what I teach. So I, of course, in the past six years, I have um, learned or developed um, different types of meditations that the people can, you know, learn from the very beginning. So, and when I started working with the people, I just asked them first, so what are their goals or what are the problems that they want to solve? That they, they started talking to me about their problems and what they want to solve. And I also asked them the questions, asked them the questions. And most of the, you know, coaches and trainer also come up with, you know, you have to think this way or think that way, right? But I, as for me, is I explain about their emotionals, where it come from and what could that be, you know? They can say they can accept it or leave it, whatever that might be. It is just a discussion. It's about mm-hmm. or healing or therapeutic too. The people really feel that because they can tell, really tell what they are feeling right now, right? And I listen to them. Then after that sessions, so I also said that, you know, I mean, I also explained to them what could that be and what kind of, you know, optimal result that they want to have. Then I meditate with them. So incorporating all of the story that they've been talking about and all these new lessons or the new energy that they want to learn. And I incorporate that, that our conversation and I make that one meditation for that 10 to 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And I also record them in, a, in my phone. And afterward, they also receive that, you know, meditation for themselves. So in that one hour sessions, sometimes I also meditate two times because a lot of people are emotion. They don't even know what they feel. Then I meditate with them first, like 10 minutes. And then we talk with each other and we also meditate 10 minutes in the first, those, most of the people walk with me like three months or six months, even 
four years right now and the people are working you know and then i always uh in the very beginning is i let them really feel the calmness and so on then after that uh, kind of um, you know sessions the people should meditate um with this recording meditation every day I they see. can do it early in the morning or early in the evening so as they they are weak but they should incorporate at least one time in their life with that they feel they see the changes inside of themselves you know then they their way of thinking to the world change so with that they also attract new people and circumstances into their life they also receive the new in as uh, so a new inspiration or the new projects what they can do right and they also have the some financial gains also uh, for example i have my first project with the dapless element Mm-hmm. And it was in second um, January two thousand seventeen, and and the sales manager she started working with me, you know, I mean the, with the with their teams, and the first time was twenty two people. Then after that, you know, it was ten people altogether was included in our meditation. Then after that, you know, we started meditating the first twelve uh, to, uh, twelve weeks. We started the first one or two weeks later. She attracted a very big project. That they she's been wanting for many years, you mm. know. And she it was like it was like a coincidence for her dad, for her, and everything. You know, a lot of people also make closing easier and so on. But it is a side effect of it, right? And because right. our inner, I mean, we have a lot of thorns, so let's say, or a lot of dirt inside of us. Then we cannot really see what is really happening outside. So when we are clearing out the glasses, or you know. Um, shooping, I mean, um, <laughs> showering, shredding, shredding, shredding off a lot of dirt out of our mind and body, then we can see things more clearly yeah. and the, the people can become also more productive. Thank you for outlining that. When you're working with a client who has had deep emotional pain, and who is working through that deep emotional pain, how do you work with them? And, mm-hmm. and what do you start to see? Because I know that doesn't go away automatically and it's a mm-hmm. process. Um, how has meditation helped your clients who have experienced trauma or, or emotionally hurting? Um, can you speak more on that? Yeah, of course, sure. Um, that is a very good question. I want to give uh, one very... Um, a successful example of working with a one uh, suicide attempt young guy who I worked with back in 2017. I met with his mom in LA because my first project was in LA the whole November. I set up a new meditation center there in 2017. So I came to the US and, and then I helped my mentor monk and I met with his mom in 2017 November and she told me that her son has a suicide attempt when he was 15 years old. So he has a lot of, um, you know, uh, self-image problem, right? He has a lot of deep depression. He said that his self is a piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. And um, then then also have many hurts that he has for himself and also for other people, right? Then I started meditating with him in December when I came back to New York. So we do that via Skype at that time. and, And I listened to his story. He has also a deep pain that he was in. And I said... I mean, accept the story, what he is telling. Our mind is telling the story all the time. Then that's why we are listening to it and we also keep on hurting our mind too. Then when he is trying to observing at one point, then it is our mind has our, or the soul or whatever it name it, has an intelligence to auto-correct itself. Mm Auto-correct. And so when he started listening and his own story of talking and also through meditation, he started, you know, seeing that whatever he is talking him to himself is not true. You know, it was a, he was a, in very deep pain. So, but after like two, I mean, two months, he came out of the room. Before that, he was also working with a lot of different therapists, but nobody was helping him, right? I also give him some, um, you know, um, observation exercises how he should observe his dream how he should observe his feelings and so on during the week then i meditate with him once in a week so this alone was really helping him you know to really see this situation in different light 
Yeah. Because he's still in the pain, but at the same time, this pain is getting more and more eliminated and reduced. Like after nine months, he become just normal and he started, you know, he, after three months, he said that he wanted to become a pilot. Then I started, you know, training him. And after nine months, he become, um, he was attending aviation university in Florida. Wow. Yeah. So it happened bit by bit through that meditation. So that right now his parents so tell that he is not very aggressive. He does not have a lot of aggression anymore. Right. He was also helping his parents. It was not the case before, right? He was also become right now more soft-spoken because he also see his pains and he also see his thoughts. He understand that this pains happen because of that thoughts he have, mm-hmm. right? And this meditation really changed the way he thinks. And with that, this deep thoughts, a uh, deep feeling also eliminated. He does not, you know, keep on repeating the thoughts pattern, which help, uh, which how do you call it, um, uh, make him painful. So right. with that, his pains are also gone because right. his thoughts pattern change. That's such a beautiful story. And I think it really speaks to the fact that not many people, um, I, I think meditation has become more popular and mindfulness has become more popular in the United States right now um, and across the world. Uh, but it's still not something that is at the core, like really sitting with ourselves and um, yeah. being mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people start to meditate if they're listening to this and they're just interested in, or maybe they're fearful and they're not mm-hmm. sure how to sit with their thoughts? How can people start? Yeah. So any kind of things is, of course, you can also start yourself and it is much easier if you have a teacher and mm-hmm. also even the guidance. So there are also many different apps. So I do not want to go detail into it, but any guided meditation is good for them. It can also be five minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, as long as they, you know, it, it, I mean, how much they can endure in the beginning. So you can even start it with five minutes. So with that, you will be getting into the habit of, you know, somebody guiding you to guide yourself, right? Meditation is about finding the teacher inside of you, right? We, we are the teacher and student at the same time. But before our teacher inside of us is not strong enough, so it took me nine years to really build, build myself up. But I mean, right now, my students are not that long. So it will take them like three months or six months later, they can meditate by themselves without my guidance. But they also like my guidance because it is easier for them to find this inner teacher. So you have to, the people should start with a guided meditation or they can go to, um, you know, the retreats if they have time. So there are like weekend retreats, you know, three days, some people do that. Or some, there are also seven days or nine day retreats. They can, of course, go to Myanmar and there are many free of charge meditation centers there. So that will be a good start for them. But if they say that, okay, I do not have that kind of, and stuff, and but I want to try it my own. Then I would say them to just sit down. You know, they can also you know opening any kind of the soft music if they feel like more soothing. But I mean, without is much better for me. And I, you can start counting one to six when you breathe in, count one, and breathe out, count two. But do not control the flow of them. You know, counting to a lot of people say that one two three count and hold and one, two, three, uh, out. And then you don't really know what your body is also telling you. In another experience, I mean, example of meditation is you are also, meditation is about listening your own nature, how your body wants you to tell, how your mind wants you to tell. Meditation is actually observation exercise. So by counting one to six and also, you know, feeling it, um, you know, five minutes, it will also help you to increase your concentration power. And it is a very good start of meditation. Thank you so much for outlining all of that. Um, when, when people are listening to this and, and they're thinking, oh, I really want to start and I want to do this. 
where can they do this in their homes? Like, do you recommend a quiet space? Do you recommend a little nook? Like where, where can people go <laughs> in their homes? Well, yeah, of course. There's also the place is also very important. I also say that to them because um, we are associated feelings and emotion with different places that we sit to. So you should, uh, I mean, in every home, there is a spot that we feel most comfortable right and so you should uh, use that spot your favorite spot and try that spot or the place to meditate to and of course it is the best when you do not have the children running around you <laughs> and you're alone by yourself right and at the same time i do not um, you know, recommend to lay down the first because you will fall asleep right away though the shavasana or after the yoga is good but you know just sit down in the uh, with the you know you can sit down on normal chair you don't have to do the cross leg meditation is not about the position either so you can sit in the comfortable any comfortable position that you feel you know good for you then just uh, feel open your heart you know you can even stretch it up and then uh, pull up your chin a little bit and your chest is open and put the upward position and just meditate or count one to six for five minutes. So, um, so that with that, you have this energy also safe up in that space too. Whenever you see that, you also have, okay, correlation of, okay, I want to meditate now again. And whenever you are left off and your brain will pick up again from this space. Yeah. You, throughout this interview, you've been talking about energy and shifting that energy um, and connecting with people's energy. Um, and I know you and I have also talked about, you know, opening your third eye and, and having that energy be, um, be out into the world and that white light be out into the world. Yeah. Can you speak more to your energy work and, and the, the work that you've done um, to be more mindful with your energy? Sure. Um, everything is energy, right? We are communicating with each other energy through words, right? We, we don't both speak English and so that we don't have, have to really uh, interpret each other. But whenever, when somebody is coming into the room, you know, we have this, some other perceived, um, uh, you know, the thoughts about him or her, right? Because of his or her energy too. So when I work with the people, it's also the thoughts are the form of energy and also the emotions are the form of energy too. And our fears are also energy and our, you know, longings are also energy. So I talk with them, I discuss with them about all of those. And with that, I mean, they can really release a free flow of, I have a total acceptance for them and they have a free flow of energy. With that, I have... Um, I don't have any judgment for anyone because everyone is a pure soul. I believe and see that in that, that way. So with that, when I am meditating with them, actually is I am copying the energy of peace and love and the higher frequency that I have been um, accumulating for many years and I live their light up. You know, mm. and so in other words, a lot of people think that meditation is about, um, you know, learning the techniques. It is not that. Meditation is about copying the energy. So you must find a source of light to just lit up quicker. That is why the people who are working with me can get into the peace and love in a shorter moment of time because I have that um, bonfire. Because I have that, you know, uh, built that my fire up every day with my inner work. And also with, um, I have a connection with my monks and nuns and all these retreats every year. It made me, you know, um, maintain my inner fire or the pure energy that I impart them through meditation. With that, they can also build up their fire step by step every day. It made them inward um you know their feelings change their thoughts change and also how they interact with other people change yeah thank you for that i love the metaphor you just gave that i'm a bonfire yeah. <laughs> i keep i come and i you know you can't get away from that light because i'm gonna i'm gonna be that spark yeah um 
I'm wondering if we can transition into having you guide us through a meditation. Sure. Um, is there anything, before we do that, is there anything else you would want to add before we do this? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, I guess we can just start. So if yeah, you're listening. I can, I can some fire into some people who are listening. Yes, right? Join the bonfire. They feel that all the fires. So yeah. I just want you to just open your, uh, your heart. It's mean just you can stretch it out, your arms in upward position, left and right. So that you might be sitting down for a long time and you just get short. I mean, roll your shoulder at the back and also, you know, crack your neck a little bit. And then I want you to just feel your feet on the ground. That is important. And then also your palm, I wish you want to have an upward position. You can also put that on the tables if you're listening or on put it on the lap, whatever you feel it. And pull your chin a little bit parallel to the ground so that your chest is open, your back bones, the spinal cord is straight. And then close your eyes gently. Feel your left foot on the ground and feel your right foot on the ground. You don't have to stop thinking. Meditation is not about stop thinking and your thoughts will running. But you just sense your sensation on the left foot now. Relax your left ankle, left calf, left knee and left sheet. Great, now feel your left thigh and back of the thigh. Relax your left buttock and relax your left whole leg. Feel that all the tension that you've been carrying are pouring down on the ground like water. Great job. Now feel your right foot on the ground. Relax your right foot and right ankle, right calf, right knee and right shin. Now relax your right thigh and back of the thigh. Relax your right butt top and relax your right whole leg. Let go of all the tensions, pour down on the ground through your right foot. Great job. Now feel your pelvis and your glutes. And relax your anus, your muscles from your belly. Release everything on the chair that you're sitting. You don't have to pull anything up. And relax your stomach and your chest. And relax your collarbone in your throat. And relax your whole front and let go of everything down in the ground from your front. Great job. And relax your throat, your face muscle, your jaws. Open up your teeth a bit if you're biting each other. Relax each and every face of your muscle, your ears, your eyes, your cheeks, your nose, your forehead. And now relax your head and back of the head. And relax your whole head and your neck now. Now relax your whole back, starting from your upper back, middle back, and lower back. Let everything falls down in the ground from your back. Great job. Now relax your left shoulder, left shoulder blade, left whole arm, till to your fingertips. Great job, pouring down anything on the ground and relax your right shoulder, right shoulder blade, right upper arm, right lower arm, 
Till to your fingertips and relax your whole right arm. Let everything falls down in the ground from your right. Great job. Now bring your attention slowly and steadily to your breath. How you breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in one, breathe out two. You'll be counting the breath. Breathe in three, breathe out four. Breathe in five, breathe out six. Feel your breath and count your breath one to six. Feel your breath one to six. Great job. Count one to six last time. Feel your breath. Count your breath. Breathe in one, breathe out two. Breathe in three, breathe out four. Breathe in five, breathe out six. Great job. Now letting go of the gown and slowly and steadily feel your body again and feel your feet on the ground and wiggle your toes and wiggle your fingers and then rub it up left and right hand, make fire in your palm and then press this on top of your chest one another and give it to yourself love and attention. Say to yourself inwardly, thank you, thank you, thank you and love you, love you, love you. From the middle of the chest, you spread out the light throughout your body like a sun. Spread it to the whole room and then to the whole wall, to the universe and endless universe with the intention, may all be in all universe be happy. I share my light and good deeds with all of you unconditionally. And slowly and steadily come back your attention to here and now. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you so much for that, Nandar. You're welcome. Thank you. Where can people find you if they want to work with you? Sure. I have my website that is Matari, my last name, M-A-T-A-R-I, and meditation with S and .com. So that is my, um, you know, website and they can find my email there. And also, you know, they can send email from me there. They can also have some downloads. I have my YouTube channel and uh, they can also see that everything from the website. Perfect. So, yeah. We'll link everything in our episode so people can find you right away. Um, and you can find the Growing Women podcast on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. And I just want to thank you so much for being here today, Nandar. I know that I got so much out of this conversation, and I hope our listeners did too. So thank you so much for being here today. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me today. It was yes. a pleasure. And thank you for listening and joining us. Remember your voice matters, your story matters, you matter. Thank you so much for everything you are putting out into the world. And we will see you next time on our next episode of the Growing Women podcast. Thank you, everyone.